Welcome everybody to the latest edition of Logan Time Traveler's Musical Legends Podcast. This is your boy, the OG Rob Silver, along with my partner in crime, Logan. Logan, I want you to tell the listeners the first time you heard of the Wu and your reaction when you heard of the Wu-Tang Clan and their music. Well, it's funny because, like, when I was watching this documentary, they were talking about when they when they didn't uh, when they dissed Hot 97, and so they weren't yes. put on the radio. Mm-hmm. I think I was a I think I was like a, a probably a victim of that because I didn't hear about the Wu until like way past 97, maybe 99 or something like that. And uh, I think it was Method Man because Method Man was in like a Tupac song. And then I, when I heard him, that's when I went to seek out, you know, where he was from. And that's when I discovered all the, um, you know, Wu-Tang stuff. So my reaction was like, wow, like, why wasn't, why hasn't this shit been on the radio? You know, <laughs> and then now well, I know. you were, you would have been 12, 13 years old. You were born in 80 or 81? 81. 81. I mean, okay. 80. So when the Wu- Hey, all right. So you were 12 years old when the Wu Tang first came on the radio in 1992, and the great segue to talking about Hot 97 and the Wu Tang, there would have been no Hot 97 as a hip hop station if it wasn't for, if it weren't for the Wu Tang Clan, because Ghostface and Raekwon recently were on the Drink Champs podcast. And they were talking about how Hot 97 was a, what you call it, a dance. They were a dance radio station. They were a club music radio station, house music radio station. And the Wu-Tang would protect your neck and cream. And some of the first four or five songs we play on, on this show, uh, Cash Rules, Everything Around Me, Protect Your Neck, uh, Can It Be So Simple, Hot 97 wanted to play those songs, and Angie Martinez was one of the disc jockeys on that station. She was a hip-hop head, but she she was stuck playing house music and dance music. And so because of the Wu-Tang, they started playing Wu-Tang, and they saw their numbers go up by playing Wu-Tang, Logan, in 93, that that's when they made the change from house music to hip-hop music early 1994 when they became the first official hip-hop station that New York City ever had, 24 hours. Three years later, at Summer Jam 97, Ghostface Killer goes up on stage and tells the world, fuck Hot 97, which I totally agree with, I loved it. Hot 97 pulled the plug on all Wu music. They stopped playing the Wu-Tang Clan. Which was ridiculous because we're going to play some of the songs later on in the podcast that people in New York City did not hear, but the rest of the country were hearing. And it hurt their record sales. It hurt them as a group because the number one hip-hop station in the country blackballed them, completely blackballed them. And you would have been 17 at the time. So uh, you're listening to Jay-Z all day and Puffy and Mace all day on Hot 97 and not hearing the Wu-Tang Clan. So there's not a balance because you got, they're, they're, they're playing the, the drug dealing music. They're playing the 
the, the, the flossy music with Puffy and, and Mace, but they're not playing what the Wu-Tang became in 97 and 99 with, with the Wu-Tang Forever and the W albums, a more social conscious group. You never heard those songs on the radio. The only way you could have heard it, Logan, was buying those albums, which you probably sought out after 99 when you probably heard Method Man on Got, Got Your Mind Made Up, a song that we reviewed on the Tupac Part 2 podcast from All Eyes on Me, a verse in which Method Man destroyed. That was the song in which they uh, edited his Hitler, his Hitler uh, line out, off the record. So, yeah, uh, and speaking of Method Man, uh, um, Logan, and I'm glad you, you brought him up first, never heard a voice like his. His he has such a commanding voice. It's damn hard to imitate that that that. Uh, what's your step, kid? What's your, just a great voice. And the Wu Tang Clan had all these in, immaculate MCs. I always call Logan. I always called the Wu Tang Clan since the beginning. The New York Yankees, Los Angeles Lakers of hip hop, where you have these eight to nine guys that were all outstanding MCs on their own. All in one group, and the cream of the crop were Method Man, The Jizza, Raekwon, Ghostface Killer, and Inspector Deck. These guys are tremendous. Ghostface, Raekwon, and Method Man, you could make an argument. If you were to tell me they're in your top ten all-time MCs, I couldn't argue because they're that great. And that, that's what we'll be celebrating today, this incredible group who started a movement who revolutionized hip-hop. When they came out, Logan, in 1993, when they exploded on the American landscape, it was pop. Because New York hip-hop had gotten buried by the West Coast. Because remember, at this point in time, Logan, Death Row with Snoop Dogg uh, and Dr. Yeah, Dre 92. were destroyed. Yeah, the, with The Chronic, was destroying all other record labels, record albums. They were played all over the radio radio stations of uh, the chronic was the first album that got steady radio play in New York city because even though straight out of cop, was a huge success in 88 and 89, that music wasn't played in New York. I'm old enough to remember cause I was 20 years old when straight out of cop came out. They didn't play NWA in New York, but they played the chronic and New York was in a major slump. And here comes the Wu-Tang clan revitalizing New York hip-hop, and then following the Wu-Tang, a year later, you had Nas and Biggie with their debuts, and boom, New York is back on the hip-hop landscape, and it's a damn shame yeah, the hot 97. The yeah, they paved the way. without a, And they also paved the way for these uh, super groups. Um, today, the biggest super group in America right now is a group is a conglomerate out of Buffalo, New York, called Griselda. Um, I think you know the. I think you know. I don't know if you personally know her, but I think you know her through other people. Armani Caesar is part of that group, Griselda, which has Benny the Butcher, Conway. I mean, they they are like today's Wu Tang, where you have a conglomerate of all these great rappers all together under one umbrella. That was the Wu Tang. They, and they paved the way for all these New York New York rappers. And when you hear their styles, let's go to this song, Protect Your Neck. Inspector Deck starts off, and he kills it. Uh, what was the, 
looking like a neighborhood Spider-Man. That's just a great line. You hear the influence of, and you remember this group, you you probably went back and listened to them, uh, Das Effects. Das Effects had had that. You hear the influence of Das Effects in Inspector Deck's voice. It's much clearer, much clearer because Inspector Deck, while he didn't rhyme as fast as Das Effects, you could hear uh, uh, Das Effects like cadence in, in his voice. Raekwon is a student of Rakim. And Raekwon, one of the greatest MCs of all time. You hear it in his voice. Ghostface Killer with that commanding voice. Unbelievable. And the RZA, one of my all-time greatest producers, in my opinion, with the soul samples, and we will get into it, the soul samples throughout this program, throughout the Wu-Tang's career, and the solo albums that many of these stars made were all uh, produced, cut, DJ, put together by the RZA, Robert, uh, Robert Diggs, who has also had a successful acting career. You remember American Gangster. He was uh, one of the black detectives that helped um, bring down Frank Luke, the, the Denzel yeah. Washington character. That's right. Remember Russell Crowe had, had his own uh, force, special unit? The RZA yeah, was yeah. the black dude. Yeah, he was the the black dude in the group. He it, he he's had a very successful acting career, and now he's a uh, has his own production company. Um, for those who haven't seen it, and Logan, I'd recommend you to see this uh, Wu Tang and American Saga a saga on Hulu, two seasons where it chronicles the rise of the Wu Tang from grimy beginnings to getting their getting their record deal, the two seasons, 20 episodes have, have already aired. Um, RZA juices up, jazzes up some. Um, I don't know why people do this. The real story is great, but he mixed it up and made it look uh, even more fantastic than the real story. The real story, their real story is fantastic. But real quick, uh, most of these guys were drug dealers. RZA sold drugs. Jizza uh, didn't. Jizza Jizza was working as a messenger, and he had gotten a, a record deal a few years before the Wu Tang Clan did. A, a, so did RZA. But uh, Method Man sold drugs. Raekwon was a big time drug dealer in Staten Island. Was at one time making forty to fifty thousand a month. Ghostface Killer was not only was not only a drug dealer; he was a stick up kid. These guys came from the crack era. All these guys, Logan, are my age or in my generation, born from 68 to 1970, 71. RZA was born in 68. Raekwon in 70, I believe. Ghostface was born in 69. They were all born in the same era, my era. So they grew up yeah, in the Yeah, Method was 71. Era. 71. So they all grew up in the same crack era that I grew up in, and they all came from very hardened conditions most of them had single single uh, uh, mothers uh raising them uh, raekwon a uh, ghostface ghostface had to take care of two brothers with muscular dystrophy which he brought up in in one of the greatest hip-hop autobiographical songs of all time all that i got is you a song he did with mary a year uh on his debut album in 1996 but all these guys came from very poverty-stricken situations. 
and they felt the only way out was to sell drugs. And what RZA did, he knew all these guys, and he brought them together and got them out of that lifestyle and into becoming big-time MCs, all of them. And that's a credit yeah. to RZA. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, you, well, you saw no, the documentary. Well, so talk about some of the stuff, you, what I was talking about from the documentary. Well, one of the things, yeah, one of the things that really hit me was how inseparable – you know the golden age of hip hop was to the crack epidemic, and the fact that these right. that mm-hmm. you know it was a horrible thing that happened in the neighborhood, but it also was something that allowed people who were poor to make a shitload of money and to finance Real sometimes quick. very quick these very ventures. Quick money. Yeah, yeah, right. And the reason why, and so that's why you'll never have you know unless there's another fucking epidemic of you know some kind of drug like crack or something like that you're not going to have that's why hip-hop will never rise to those heights again you know i mean it it was a horrible thing that happened to the neighborhood but it actually created like these pockets of money that allowed this kind of music to rise up so it's just interesting to me that that that's you make you know it's just you make you're not going to see it again you make a great point because rockefeller records was funded by crack money made by Jay-Z selling crack in Brooklyn. Right. Um, Mary J. Blige recently was interviewed about doing, uh, she did a song, Can't Knock the Hustle with Jay-Z on his debut album, Reasonable Doubt. And she said they paid her in a brown paper bag with $10,000. I mean, that was drug money. They paid her with drug money. She was, she was like, look, I didn't care where it came from. I needed the money. I took it. I did the song. Oh, right. Rock, Rockefeller, uh, Keith Sweat and Teddy Riley, the the godfathers of New Jack Swing. And we will do a Keith Sweat show eventually sometime, um, if not this year, next year. Their careers were funded initially by one of the biggest drug lords in New York at the time, Richard Porter. Rich Porter. He helped fund Teddy Riley and, and Keith Sweat's career from Jump Street. And the and, and then, clan. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just want to go add ahead, one thing to this too: is that it's not only that they had the money, but they also had the business. Like they learned how to do business by doing crack business, which then they applied to the music business. Like they're they're no one of the re- one of the reasons why Jay Z became a billionaire. He took what he learned selling crack and marketing crack and distributing crack and. Or whatever business plan he used as as a crack dealer into the music industry, into sports, into um, he did all uh, Rockefeller uh, movies. Uh, uh, they they have a they ha- they have a uh, what you call it? Uh, they have a sports agent. They have a sports management uh, company, agents to athletes in every major sport. He learned that from street from from street dealing. He put right. he put that to use, and which is the same thing that the Joseph Kennedys of the world did in order to build the Kennedy dynasty. They they, they used illegal the legal methods, legally, and boom, it works. It works either way, and that's uh, Wu Tang. Going back to Wu Tang, they were funded. Their group was funded by crack money. The major yeah. back backers of the Wu Tang were Divine, Riz's older brother, who was a former drug dealer, uh, Anthony Power Grant, who was a former drug dealer, 
um, um, Mook, who was a former drug dealer. These guys all got together, put their money into Wu-Tang, and eventually became man- either their managers or with Power Grant, Anthony Power Grant. He wound up running the Wu-Ware, which was the first, the Wu-Tang Clan, the Wu-Ware was the first major hip-hop group to have a huge, successful uh, clothing line. And Power ran that, and so these guys went from selling drugs to making millions in management and business ventures with the Wu-Tang, leaving that lifestyle behind. Perfect example of what Logan was saying, how you got a negative, you get, you get, you, you got this positive out of a negative. And one thing, one other thing I want to mention before we go on to the next song, Logan, is that also from this disgrace, despicable uh, era that was brought on by the government loading up our communities with crack and cocaine and guns is the stories that these young men could right. talk about in their rhymes that weren't. The make-believe shit you hear today. These were actually stories. You And I'll talk about some of these stories. A lot of the stories that Raekwon, Ghostface, RZA, and Method Man talk about in these songs, they lived it. And so you and you hear it in the voice because we always say, Logan, that the greatest songs by artists, any artists of any type of genre, country, hip-hop, R&B, rock, are the autobiographical songs. And many of these songs are autobiographical. And with that, Logan, you can go on to the next song. Hey, you know, everybody's talking about the good old days, right? Yeah. Everybody, the good old days, the good yeah. old days. Good old days. Well, let's yeah. talk about the good old let's days. Talk about it. Taking the f- 
fly cliche, doing duets to Ray and A. Happens to make my day. Don't tired of busting off shots, having to rock knots. Running up in spots and making shit hot. I'd rather put shows instead of those hanging on my living room wall. My first joint and it went dope. I want a lamp, I want to be in the shade. Plus spotlight, getting my dick broke all night. I want to have me a fat yacht and enough land to go and plant my own sex crops. But for now, it's just a big dream. Cause I find myself in a place where I'm last seen. My thoughts must be relaxed, be able to maintain. Cause times have changed and life is strange. The glorious days is gone and everybody's doing bad. Yo, mad lives is up for grass. Brothers passing away, I gotta make way. Receiving all types of calls from upstate. Yo, I can't cope with the pressure. Settling for lesser. The guard left lessons on my dresser. So I can bloom and blossom. Find a new way. Continue to make more hits of rain and eight. Sunshine plays a major part in the daytime. The mankind goes straight, carry a black nine, nigga. Word up. Just a beautiful, beautiful soul sample from Gladys Knight's The Way We Were version. Um, I believe Barbara Streisand did the original. Well, Gladys Knight did the remake. And the RZA, one of the godfathers of using soul samples in hip-hop records, uses this perfectly. Can it be that was all so simple then? There's a book I want to recommend everybody to to purchase when you get a chance. It's Raekwon's autobiography that came out late last year called From Staircase to the Stage. And in this song, you hear a couple of moments of what happened to him in real life. Once again, an autobiographical song that just makes it boom. Because this song with Raekwon and Ghostface is the beginning of a partnership as far as making music together outside of the woo, that continues to this day. They're touring right now. Um, he talks about he caught, a, he, he caught a hot one, blah, blah, blah. When he was a drug dealer, I believe he was 18 years old at the time, Logan, uh, his partner in crime had beef with another guy, and the other guy was shooting at that guy. Raekwon tried to hide from the bullets, and when the shooting ended, he realized he got caught four times in his legs and arms, but the bullets went right through. He was, lu- he was lucky. He survived. His mother rushed him to the emergency room, but he survived. Then he also talks in this song 
about his father being a fiend since the age of 16, putting that shit in his bloodstream. His father was a heroin addict, and his father died at a very young age from a heroin overdose. So once again, we have the autobi- uh, an autobiographical song making the song even greater because the, the guy doing the music is talking about real-life experience. And Ghostface talking about, I love how he ends the song positively, like he's going to leave this drug game behind because he has a single that just went gold, and now he can concentrate on music and leave this horrific criminal lifestyle behind, which they both did. Logan, your thoughts on this song? This is a song where you see their spirituality and yes. that they actually are they are really thinking on like almost like a eastern spiritual level which they derived from watching kung fu movies it, you it know it was a combination of kung fu movies and the teachings of the 5% nation the teachings of the five what the 5% nation the 5% the five, they were 5% uh the entire oh, Wu Tang Clan were members of, oh, yeah, like like where Rakim, like many um, MCs at the at, at the time, they derived their teachings from the Five Percent Nation and they incorporated it into their rhymes. Remember in this song, uh, Ghostface goes, "Got the lessons on my dresser. Read the lessons on my dresser. That's the lessons, the mathematics of the day from the Five Percent Nation. So it was a combination of being a Five Percenter." And watching the kung fu, the kung fu flicks, all of these guys were heavily into the kung fu flicks. They would go to Riz's house and watch it, and they'd watch the same movie Logan four or five times on a video cassette. And they would they yeah, would they study it. Have the, the line about the Wu Tang Clan. Is, yeah, there's a line about the Wu Tang Clan in one of those movies. So that's and Shaolin, they, the they renamed yeah, Staten Island Shaolin because that was. A, a, a crew that they were watching, a movie that they were watching on, on on one of the tapes that the RZA used to always play at his house. So, yeah, it was a combination of both, and you see it. And you hear some songs later on where it sounds like it could be the soundtrack to a kung fu movie. <laughs> yeah, and then also the the most racist area in the world, like in this in New York almost, is Man. Is Man, the documentary touched on it, and in Raekwon's book, he talked about when he went to, I believe, New Dorp High School, where every day they were being called the N-word, the black kids that were being bused from the Park Hill and Stapleton Project to New Dorp High School. Raekwon had to endure that every day until until he eventually dropped out and became a full-time drug dealer. But for the first couple of years he went to high school, he had to deal with that shit every day, and Logan, you're right. Uh, I think Staten Island, Howard Beach, and Bensonhurst are probably the three most racist sections of New York City. <laughs> still today. Yeah, I mean, yeah still it, to this day. Right, right. Yeah, no, it hasn't. <laughs> but back if then, anything, it's gotten worse. <laughs> it, well, back then, I mean, you can imagine. It was like being in the Deep South, you know. I mean, it's just – and even in the Deep South, they weren't like that. So it was even worse. Um, and, and then, and, you know, and, so they grew and up – and before, before you, oh, go ahead, and finish, and I, I, I'll, I'll piggyback. Well, I was just saying that. they, they, that they grew up amongst that. So, like in a way, like they, they were, 
you know, they were singing about shit that eventually would become problematic throughout the whole country. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you're right. You're 100% right. And Raekwon brings up all of that in, in his book and the stuff they had, they, they had to go through. The entire the the their entire childhood it, and and it and it's crazy you 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 saw that in the documentary and it's written in Raekwon's book. Um, they didn't focus much on that in the Wu Tang dramatic series Wu Tang: An American Saga, but they did they did talk about uh, police they did show scenes of police brutality and how the police treated them back then and the police were real whether they were white or black Logan. They treated them kids like you know, they were all criminals. Unfortunately, yeah. No, I mean it was some. It was. I mean, maybe this is where they got that um, that Denzel character from. That you know, because there's that one cop in the documentary who it turned out to be like a tyrant. And he used to fuck with little kids and shit like that. And he was a black man. He wasn't white. Which which so, which they which they portrayed in the series also. Uh, I think that dude was based on the same guy you talked about in the documentary because in the in the series, I guess in order not to be hit with a lawsuit or whatever, they changed names of certain unscrupulous people. One of them being the cop, and in the TV series, not to spoil anything, it's just one episode. But in the TV series, that police officer kills one of their friends I in front of so. in front of the, the enti- in front of the entire neighborhood. The TV series then is it takes liberties. Yes, they do. What, what the TV series yeah. does, Logan, is they take stuff that really happened and they put salt, sugar, and seasoning on it. <laughs> right, right. And they always do that. Yeah, but I highly recommend it because it's tremendous and and the acting is just incredible. The character, real quick about the series. The characters, the the actors that play the, the members of the Wu Tang, Joey Badass was tremendous in the first season as Inspector Deck, but he left the show to do Power, uh, 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 Raising Canaan. I wish he would have stayed on the Wu Tang. He played the shit out of Inspector Dave, uh, Dave East, a Harlem New York, a New York Harlem rapper, played Method Man to the T. Uh, I forgot the young man's name, but the young man that played Ghostface Killer. Killed it. Only problem I have, Logan, is he's fifty thousand times more handsome than Ghostface Killer. <laughs> oh yeah, the guy, that's another thing about the guy. Go ahead. What you going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say. I mean, with the exception of uh, even Method Man. I mean, at the time, you know, he wasn't that. Actually, he was Method probably the Man. Most no, no. Oh, I'm glad you brought it up. Method Man was a good-looking dude who purposely hid his good looks. When they first came out, remember Logan? You you remember this? In his first few videos, he had the wild afro and he had these color contacts that made him look like a wild man, and a scruffy yeah. beard, unshaven look. And he wear the but, grill, yeah. And he wear the grill, so he look he looked like God damn. Who the fuck is this dude? But when he shaved all that off, when you saw him do the Mary J. Blige uh, duet, all the, all um. You're all that all that I need. A year later, then the women was like, "Oh shit, he's a good looking dude." And today, oh yeah, they, they're dropping the panties for Fifty-one years old. I mean, women are coming in their pants just looking at him on TV. <laughs> yeah, they're creaming. 
He was a good-looking dude. He hit it because I think he uh, didn't want people to think he was soft, people to think he was a pretty boy. He was a good-looking dude who made himself look crazy in order to fit in with his persona as an MC. But eventually in he grew out of that. In. Once he grew out no, of that No, in order moment, to fit in with how they looked. How shitty, yeah, because yeah, like the rest of them are pretty ugly. Uh, him and Rizzo are the best looking dudes in the whole group. Because, <laughs> yeah, like you like, said, the dude who plays Ghostface is a good looking dude. Ghostface never looked that, never looked like that. But he played yeah, old Ghostface. Yeah, Dirty Bastard, man, come on. Oh, the dude who played Old Dirty Bastard looks like his son. Oh, my God. He looks like his son. TJ Adams, God bless you, brother. You were born to play Old Dirty Bastard. He looks more like Old Dirty Bastard than Old Dirty Bastard's son, who looks like Old Dirty Bastard. I mean, wow. Uh, recently on Twitter, T.J. Adams, the actor who plays uh, Old Dirty Bastard in the series, tweeted to all his followers, please leave my mother alone. They keep You keep asking her, did she ever sleep with old dirty bastard? No, he's not my father. <laughs> Damn. Yes, I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy who played Raekwon, uh, I believe it's Shamik Moore. Shamik Moore, who played Raekwon, knocked it out the park. The casting was great. Actually, in my opinion, the worst actor is the most famous actor of the crew, the the star of Moonlight, the young, uh, when he, the adult boy yeah. that becomes a homosexual in Moonlight. He plays RZA, but he's robotic because he's trying to talk like RZA, but it sounds forced. He goes, we must come together. We are the woo. A RZA has a staccato like that, but it's much more with a New York accent, much more fluid. Uh, my man, he, he, just, he just tries to talk like, RZA, but it sounds too robotic. <laughs> um, other than that, tremendous show. But since he's got the most lines, because he's the leader of the group playing RZA, it gets annoying at times. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I haven't seen it, but All right, I'm going to check it out. Oh, you you and your wife will love it, man. I'm telling you. it's uh, The first two seasons are on Hulu. They're, they're currently working on the third and final season, and I, I got a feeling where it's going to – I got a prediction of, to where it's going to end, and we'll talk more about that later because it ties into one of the – no, not one of the biggest tragedy that happens to the group. All right, big man, on to the next song. Tiger's time. Tiger's time. Yeah. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, fuck with. There's no place to hide. I will stop step inside the room. Dr. Doom, prepare for the boom. Bam! Ah, oh, man! Ah, slam! Damn! Scream like Tarzan. I'll be talking and forcing my style is awesome. I'm causing more family food than Richard Dawson. And the survey said, you're dead. Baby flying girls hit shots off your fucking head. Mr. Who is that? Hey, yo, the Who is back? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
again showcases the incredible voice of Method Man and it piggybacks on what Logan was saying about how they incorporated the Kung Fu flicks into their style even using a sample from one of the movies they watched over and over again you know at the beginning it goes Tiger Style uh, the name of that movie was Executioners from Shaolin but the but the standout verse on this song, and I think uh, this was done on purpose, Logan, because RZA had a plan as to what MCs would come out first with solo albums, and he always knew that Method Man, with his look and his incredible, unique style of, of MCing that voice, uh, Method Man has one of the most, one of the most, I don't know how you would, I don't know that. Distinctive. Wor- wor- yes, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. One of the most distinctive voices in hip-hop history. Um, it's on the short list for number one. You hear that voice, and you're like, you're, you're taken already. You're like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? Who is this guy? The meth will come on with a ro- afro like Rolo. I mean, you hear that voice, and you're like, who is this guy? Very, very distinct. And, man, and... He's going on to make great music. A quick side note. Method Man continues to make great music to this day, Logan. And he's made a concerted effort to stop cursing. The last five years, all his singles that have come out are devoid of cursing. No cursing whatsoever. And you know what? It doesn't matter. There's a song that he recently came out. After the show is over, I'll I'll text it to you. 
I'll send you the link. I think it's called Two Minutes. And he just flows with that distinctive, immaculate, no one else can match voice. And he doesn't curse anymore. And he's as great an MC today at 51 than he was back in 1993 at 22, 30 years later. And he's just as crisp and as great enough ever. And he's become a tremendous actor. Uh, I hate that fucking Power Power Go show. He's the best actor on that show, and that's not saying a lot because it's a horrific cast. I mean, Mary's great to look at, but she can't act. <laughs> well, you know, he's not. I've noticed too that he, he doesn't. Aside from saying the N word here and there, he, he wasn't swearing that much as as all these other dudes were. Um, uh, I, I, you maybe maybe it comes. I don't. You know, he's got a unique background. Um, he was a tremendous. Yeah, he came from the Burbs. Also, he was a tremendous student in college. He played lacrosse. He played lacrosse. <laughs> the two, the three most famous black men to ever play lacrosse in American history. One is fictional. My man Bunk on The Wire, the the played by Wendell Pierce, the the McNulty's partner. Uh, Jim Brown, one of the greatest lacrosse players of all time. I think he's in the College Lacrosse Hall of Fame. And Method Man. Method Man played lacrosse in high school. And according to uh, those that watched him and his former teammates, damn good. So, uh, yeah, he was from the Burbs, but he moved to uh, moved to Park Hill, I think, um, in his teen years because he got separated from his parents and for a while was living with Inspector Deck while he was struggling and selling drugs. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, and you can hear it in his voice because his voice is different than the rest of the group, man. I, we will definitely do an episode when it, this will be the only episode we do on the Wu Tang as a group. When we do future Wu Tang episodes, one will be on Method Man, one will be on Ghostface Killer, and one will be on Raekwon because all three of those MCs have had spectacular solo careers, just incredible solo careers. Yeah, I mean Method Man just kills his verse on this song, and I love how it starts in a Tiger style. Tiger, Tiger ain't nothing to fuck with. Of course, Logan, this song got no radio play because how the hell do you edit Wu Tang? Ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> well, and that's what I, but that's what I also like about their their approach to it. They did not give a fuck like about whether they got radio. I mean, they like to get. They like we like getting radio play. It's good, but we don't care. You know, we just they want were people rebels. to be bumping this shit. Now, they the greatest rebels. story. Yeah. The greatest story, at least for business purposes, is the one where the guy talks about how he got this shit to in the stores, like by sending plants in that come ask for the uh, the record to the record uh, store owner. Which, which, after, which, you know, which they goes, recreate. Which, it's true because they recreated recreated that in the series. Yeah, and and but not, so they did it one time where it worked, and the, so the guy would go in there and. You know, he'd try to sell his record to the record label company, and then they'd be like, nah, dude, whatever. And then they'd have, he'd, you know, send like 10 different dudes in there to ask for the record. And then one time, you know, he goes in there and he's with one person who's asking for the record, and he plays the record in his like boom box to the guy. And he's like, oh, you want this? And the guy's like, yeah, that's that shit. And they're doing all this in front of the uh, record uh, store owner. And then you have someone else come from the corner of the store and be like, oh, shit, I've been looking for that. 
And like all like <laughs> yeah. then all of a sudden like the whole store is filled up with people like asking for the song. And so he's he says, Shit man, I got this whole box here of those songs, so if you want it and then the like, record store owner comes in and is like, Nah man and he st- he buys the whole box from the guy and that way and he said we did that trick in every fucking little town, you know, every place that there was a record store, we pulled that fucking scam and got our record in there. So I thought that was and great. Which, that was great. They recreated that scene in the T V series, but they they weren't as exorbitant as real life. I think they only showed it that one time and acted like that's how uh that they were able to get a uh what you call when when uh, they did get a record, they were able to get a uh a what they call that when you uh a, 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 the album signing an, an album release of of a, a date at the record store. So yeah, I mean uh, that was album release party. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a uh, uh, you know these are street dudes trying to get a deal, so they use a street method. They use it. <laughs> oh Great man, man smart. Yeah, well, you know what? It worked. It worked eventually to the point where they didn't have to do that anymore. Man, I mean, I I, I love this record and these guys, man, uh, unreal. And we go on to the next song, which is probably their biggest hit. I'm not looking it up, but I think when a lot of people talk about the Wu-Tang, when people, when you ask a casual music fan, what song do you think of when you think of the Wu-Tang Clan? I think it's Cash Rules Everything Around Me. That's the next song. The New York Times style Staying alive was no job Had second hand Moms bounced on old man So then we moved to Shallon land A young youth You're rocking the go-to Low goose Only way I begin to G-York Was drug loot And let's start it like this, son Rolling with this one And that one Pulling out gas for fun But it was just a dream For the team Who was a fiend Started smoking wounds at 16 And running up in gates And doing hits by high stakes Making my way off five skates No question I would speed For cracks and weed The combination made my eyes bleed No question I would flow off And try to get the dough off Sticking up right boys on board My life got no better Same damn low sweater Times is rough and tough like leather Figured out I went the wrong route So I got with a sick tight click And went all out Catching keys from cross seas Rolling in MPVs Every week we made 40 G's Yo, brothers, respect mine, I ain't gonna take now Spow, food from the gate now Cash rules, everything around me Green, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, yo Cash rules, everything around me Green, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, yo If it's 22 long, hard years, I'm still struggling Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival I'm being back to stay for the streets To stay awake to the ways of the world A man with a dream, with plans to make As a shorty shouldn't be so rough But as the world turns I learned life was hell 
Living in the world no different from a cell. Every day I take from take, give and take, selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase. Though I don't know why I chose to smoke death. I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed, but I'm still depressed. And I ask, what's it worth? Ready to give up so I seek the old earth. Who is playing, working hard, may help you maintain. To learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. You got sick of kids, corrupt cops and crack rocks and spray shots. All on the block that stays hot. Leave it up to me while I be living proof. To kick the truth to the young black youth. And shorties running wild, smoking test, drinking beer. And ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear. Neglected for now, but yo, it got to be accepted. The what? The life is hectic. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Another autobiographical song that was tremendous. Um, the two dudes on here with their verses, Raekwon and Inspector Deck, what they rapped about, their verses, what they rhyme about in this song, actually happened to them in real life. Inspector Deck went to, dra- went to jail at the age of 15, like he says in the song, at the age of 15, because he was sell- he got caught selling drugs. He goes, which failed, I went to jail. At the, a, a man with a dream with plans to make cream, which failed, I went to jail at the age of 15. A young buck selling drugs and such who never had much, trying to get a clutch at what I could not. And then Raekwon, earlier in, this, in the song, and he wrote all about this in his autobiography that I mentioned earlier, From the Staircase to the Stage. It was, But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend, started smoking Woolies at 16. Raekwon mentioned in the book, Logan, that he used to smoke weed with laced with, uh, what you call it, uh, remnants of crack. He never got addicted to crack, but he, he became a huge weed head, and he always had to have weed laced with something, which, as we know, is very dangerous. You, you you buy the wrong weed from the wrong person, laced with the wrong thing, you ain't waking up. And so he talks about this in in the in the song, and and then he talks about I got I got got with a sick ass click and went all out catching keys from cross seas, rolling them MPVs. We made forty Gs. Yeah, he talks about all that in the book, how he became one one of the biggest drug dealers in his neighborhood, Park Hill, Stapleton sex uh projects of Staten Island until the until he got shot four times and while he was in the hospital, Ray Kwan, as he mentioned in the book, 
realized he's got to get the fuck out this lifestyle. And after he recovered, he went and met up with RZA. RZA had a studio in his apartment that MCs from all over the city, even regardless, not even Staten, besides Staten Island, Brooklyn, Bronx, what whatever would come, and because RZA had a reputation of being a great uh, beat maker, and so that's when Raekwon hooked up with RZA and eventually became one of the founding members of the Wu Tang Clan. Now, Logan, quick personal story involving Raekwon. Get ready. You ready, Logan? <laughs> Yes. You, you, okay, here we go. 2002, I'm 34 years old at the time. Raekwon would have been 32 because Raekwon was born in 1970. Or I'm born in 68, so Raekwon's two years older, than, two years younger than me. Um, there's, there's this chick that works at my – I was working at Foster Care at the time, and there was this beautiful, beautiful red bone uh, chick. She was half – she was – her mother is Brazilian. Matter of fact, they both passed because I've, I've talked to her a few times. Even took her out once in the last six years. I took her five years. I took her out. No, six years. After my lady and I broke up. When my lady and I broke up, I had tickets to a concert. And I was still in contact with this young lady. Jackie's her name. And so I didn't want the concert tickets to go uh, to waste. It was to, to see Neo in concert. And Jackie didn't live too far from King's Theater in Brooklyn where the show was being played. So Jackie met me there. We went to the concert. We had a good time, and we've stayed in touch ever since. I'll get more into that later. But in 2002, Jackie was a social worker at the foster care agency I was working at. And she born and raised in Staten Island. Um, and she would, and she at the time, Jackie at the time, Logan was twenty five years old. All right, I, I at the time was thirty four, and Raekwon was uh, thirty two. So I take Jackie, I start flirting with Jackie all the time, and 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 Jackie was like, I see you like concerts, Rob. How come you never take me to a concert? And at the time, Logan, remember I told you doing the DMX podcast, like between. 1999 and 2003, I was seeing three different women at the time. None of it was serious, but, you know, they they could have their own boyfriends. I wasn't sweating them, but because I was a single uh, father working full-time, I didn't have time to, to devote myself to a full-time relationship. So I was seeing three different women at that time. Uh, so Jackie overheard me talking in the cafeteria about a concert. It was Alicia Keys concert I had seen at Jones Beach. And Jackie was like, how come you never asked me to go to a concert? We always talk about movies and stuff. How come you never take me? I was like, Jackie, you got a man. She said, Rob, my man's in jail, all right? So I'm free right now. So when you want to take me to a show, take me to a show. So I took her to a show August of 2002 at Jones Beach, the Jones Beach Theater. Logan, if you've been to that theater, you know every seat in that theater is is a great seat, and it's right by the water. So if it's 85 degrees during the day, it's perfect weather to see a concert. It's not too hot. Boom. And it was a beautiful day that day. We went. It was August of 2002. We went to see Jay-Z in concert. And, Logan, it was the worst concert I ever attended. Jay-Z was fucking horrible. He was horrible. Him, Memphis Bleak, Dame Dash, they were all up on the stage, and it was like statues, 
All right, the, the music would play, Jay Z would rhyme, and he was standing in one spot. It was horrible, and and Jackie was like, "God damn, I love Jay Z, but this is garbage." I said, "I know, I know." Her phone rings, middle of the concert. Guess who was calling him on the phone? I don't know. Raekwon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Raekwon. Raekwon, Raekwon was calling Jackie. Jackie had met Raekwon a few days earlier. Matter of fact, she had told me about it, and it, it had slipped my mind. She met her at a, she met him at a club, and he was dead drunk. And um, Raekwon was very aggressive, and he was like, "Yo, ma, what's up?" He even told her, "Man, you got a pretty face and a fat ass. What I got to do to get with you?" Jackie's biggest problem back then. The, the reason why she was with the dude she was with, she was looking for a man to take care of her. Despite the fact that she was a very intelligent black woman, she was looking for a man to take care of her. And her, her, her boyfriend couldn't because he was in prison because he was in prison for selling drugs. So she saw Raekwon as, man, this is a dude that could take care of me. And she was telling me about it. And I didn't think much of it. We went to the concert, but he's calling. And she puts him on speaker. And you could tell he's drunk. Yo, Ma! Can I see you tonight, baby? And she's like, well, I'm at a concert right now. I'm, I'm seeing Jay-Z. Uh, 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 call me. I'll, I'll call you after the show. Mm-hmm. All right, Ma. Don't make it too late. I really want to see you, Ma. So she hangs up. <laughs> we, see the sh- we see the show. She's driving. I'm, I've never owned a car in my life. Every woman I ever dated or went out on a date had a car. So she uh, she invites me over. I was like, oh, but wait a minute. Raekwon called you. Why don't you, uh, you know, get with him? Oh, you heard him, Rob. He's fucked up. I'll see him another time. Why don't you come over to my to my crib? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make you a drink. I said, Jackie, I don't drink. Oh, I'll make you something to eat. We'll sit and talk. Right. She lived in the Stapleton Projects. She had an apartment in the Stapleton Projects. So we went upstairs. Uh, she made she she can cook her ass she can cook her, her ass off. She made some shrimp for me. Um, and then one thing led to another, and we wound up in bed. All right. Three o'clock in the morning, her cell phone goes off. And guess who it is? <laughs> Yo, mom. <laughs> Yo, Ma, you up? And Jackie was like, yeah, you, you just, she was playing because she was wide awake because we were, we were just rummaging through the sheets uh, 15, 20 minutes earlier. And she was like, oh, come on, Ray, you woke me up. Uh, come on, Ma, I'm wide awake. Let me come pick you up. Let's, let's go out. She said, all right, all right, I'll call you back. And she looked at me, and I said, yo, go for yours. You want to get with Raekwon? You're talking about, you know, go get yours, right? Matter of fact, I'll leave right now. She's like, no, no, Rob, Rob. Here's a spare key. Get some rest. And when you leave, you know, you can give me the key at work when we see each other the next day. Because we were both calling out that day. No way in the fucking world, 3 o'clock in the morning, I had eaten her ass out. There's no way in the world I'm going to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. Staten Island, I lived in the Bronx, in the South Bronx at the time. I'm going home. I'm going to pick up my son, and I'm going to sleep the, the, the day in. So, all right. I went back back to sleep. She t- 
told Raekwon where she was, and she she asked him, you know how to get there? Oh, come on, Ma. I grew up in Park Hill, Stapleton, right around the corner. Come on, Ma. I know where you at. I'll call you when I get there. <laughs> so about, damn, not even 15 minutes later, that motherfucker was dead. Motherfucker was thirsty. Called her, and she was like, all right, all right, Rob, uh, I'll, I, 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 I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow on the next I'll see you tomorrow because we're not coming to work today. All right, so I go back to bed. She calls me on my cell phone, and she's crying. And I'm like, Jackie, what's the matter? Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave yet. I got to talk to you. All right, so she drives. She drives. Uh, he drives her back. Not because she left the car behind. He drives her back. She comes upstairs. And she's crying. And I'm like, what's, what, what, what's going on? As soon as I got there, he was like, what's up, ma? What's up, ma? And he, and he, put, and, and he was like touching me, and, and I let him do whatever he wanted to do to me. I said, so he, he didn't rape you. Why are you crying? Because the minute I gave it up, he went to sleep, and then I had to beg him to bring me back because I'm not coming back here from where he cause He didn't live in Park Hill anymore. He's... He's an established ra- rapper. He's living in some um, condo or something out out in Staten Island. I don't know where it was. I don't know where it was. Uh, so he brought he finally brought her back, and um, she was like, "You want me to call you later?" He was like, uh, "Nah, baby." And he drove off. And so she's like, "I can't believe he treated me that way." <laughs> and I'm think I'm thinking in my head, you know what? I can't blame Raekwon. He saw her for what she wanted. And he took advantage of it. Shit. What the fuck? I was doing the same thing. What the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, she a pretty girl with a fat ass, but she's she, 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 she she's very materialistic. You can't have a serious relationship with a chick like her. Not at that point. And, man, she was crying. Um, so I spent the rest of the day with her. She laid on my chest for the rest of the day, and she was telling me about her man and and how they met in the whole nine. And I really didn't want to be there anymore. Because, you know, I was like, yeah, she, 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 God damn, I wish she would grow up and get this shit. She's 25 acting like a 15-year-old. Um, yeah. Well, uh, she, knew, she knew what she wanted. Yeah, so a decade later, 2012, 2013, she uh, follows me on Twitter. And we start talking again. And she tells me about the man that she was with at the time that was in prison, when he came out, she got back with him, and she she got pregnant by him twice, had two kids, and after the second son was born, he got caught again and was doing Rockefeller drug law time. And anybody knows what Rockefeller drug law time is, I believe, and people can correct me out there, it's either 15 or 25 to life for your third drug-related felony. Uh, so he ain't coming out no yeah, time soon. Three strikes. Right? Yeah, three strikes. The three yeah. strikes Rockefeller law. So uh, she was telling me about, but she said since he's been in jail, uh, she went and got she went she she went she got a, a, a master's in teaching. She's a teacher, high school teacher. The kids love her. And the one time we did go out to see Neo, I could see the change in her. I could see that she no longer was materialistic, she was budgeting her money, you know, she had, she, she, she had a, 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 what you call that shit, when your, when your car, 
when your tire's fucked up. A donut? Is it a donut to help you drive while while you get a new tire? Is it a donut in your car, uh, 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 Logan? Your spare tire? No, when you don't have a when you don't put a spare tire. When you're driving on a car with the with, with the wheels fucked up, but you got something there in order to get you from point A to point B. Is it a donut? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I guess it is yeah. called donut. Yeah. Yeah, she was right, and, and I was like, "You got to get this tire fixed." She said, "Yeah, I'm on a strict budget, Robert. Um, you know, my son's father, my son's father, they he's locked up. He's got no money, and I'm a I'm working on the teacher's budget, and she had bought a house, and she had a um a a, a, a tenant." And so she was living day to day. And it's funny, when she, when her and I worked together back in 2002, she was always wearing Gucci this, Versace that. In 2016, the one time we went out, she, a regular, she would have been, let me see, 14, 39, 40 years old. And she looked like a mature 39, 40-year-old woman. And she was still, she was still dropped that gorgeous, still with a great fucking body, but she... Her head was put together. Um, I didn't get with her because I was still in love with my lady that I eventually got back with. So it would have just made things worse. But I was—I am proud of Jackie. Jackie has turned her life around despite what what happened with her and and, and the, the the father uh, the father of sons. And she texted me from time to time to check up on me, and she's doing well. So uh, kudos to That's Jackie. Good. She's a homeowner, and her but sons so are she not never got with her. She never got with the guy. She never got with him. Who, Raekwon? Yeah. She gave it up that night. That's why she came back crying. She gave it up right away. And as soon as she gave it up, yo, she had sex with two dudes in three hours. That was the last time he saw her. That was the last time he saw her. Okay, okay. He got what he wanted, and he was like, bye. I don't blame him. (laughs) He saw her. He saw her from a mile away. She was very much. She was looking to get with somebody rich. Rayquan saw that. Right, but he he didn't give her shit. He gave a dick. That's it. (laughs) He He gave a dick. That's it. By the way, I told. uh, uh, By the way, it's funny. I told my lady that I was going to talk about a member of the Wu Tang that was real thirsty, calling a girl I was dating twenty years ago at a concert. And I was like, baby, guess which one? And she said right away, Raekwon. I was like, oh, how the fuck you know? She said, around that time, 2001, 2002, she was at a club, and Raekwon was real drunk, and Raekwon was, ma, you got a fat ass. So apparently that's his line. <laughs> that's his line. <laughs> that's his line. Yo, you my lady does ass. have a fat ass. Yeah, my, my lady was like, no, no, just, just leave me alone. And then Raekwon was like, man, fuck you, stuck-up bitch. And walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and my lady Either said, it works or my it lady doesn't. Says, but my lady says, you can see the hunger and thirst in his eyes when he looks at you. So, yeah. God damn. Well, you can get, I guess you get away with that most of the time if you're Raekwon. But that shit, of fellas that are listening, don't try that shit in the club today because you'll get hit. You'll get arrested now. With this Me Too shit. Don't do that. Oh, baby, you got a fat ass. That shit ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Although, I think oh, I'm going to try you, it. She just... <laughs> <laughs> Might oh, as well. Man. She knew right away. Who, that's who I was talking about. I was like, 
I was like, but how you know, and as I told my lady, how you know the chick I was with had a fat ass? She said, because you're robbed, because you're robbing, and you've never dated yeah. anybody in your life that didn't have a fat ass. <laughs> yeah. You're not about to go out with no fucking assless woman. No way. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> I said, Robert, I know they're going to be short, they're going to have a pretty face, and they're going to have a fat ass because all I got to do is look in the mirror and know that's what you like. And I started laughing. I said, all right. All right. You're right. Man. Yeah. So me and Raekwon have similar tastes of women. Why? Because we're full, we're both short and stocky. <laughs> <laughs> all right, big man. Off to the next song. Boy, boy, you shit. Fuck, boy, you shit. Give me your shit, shit nigga. Fuck, yeah. motherfucker. I'm going to blast you. I'm going to blast you. Man, what?
phenomenal soul sample from the song After Laughter Comes Tears by Wendy Renee that RZA used. I mean, meticulously used. Logan, quick question. Uh, Your thoughts on RZA's production style and the use of soul samples? I mean, what's not to like, man? It's just like his his sense of like um, melody is really great. I mean, that Cream song is the best, but it's it's it just I always thought that he had just a unique kind of feel for an just an ear pleasing sound. Remember how I talked about how all the great artists grew up with music, whether they went to church or they had musicians in their family, or they had family playing music all the time. Riz's mother had an enormous album collection, and he would go through all the albums. As a kid, he would listen to the music with his sister, with his younger brother, and with his mother. His brother, Divine, was in the street most of the time, just selling drugs and stuff, but it was his mother's album collection that got him into the love of music, and when he started making beats and becoming a DJ, he would go to those records, and he would always, always be fascinated with the soul songs, the soul love songs. Um, After the Laughter Come Tears is, wasn't a major hit. It's, it's, it's a great song, but you have, to, you, you have to come by it by accident. He came by it by accident. And this is my favorite song off this To the Woo 36 Chambers Tears because not only is the production meticulous and top tier. In this song, you hear an autobiographical tale again of RZA and Ghostface talking about the pitfalls of two different situations. Logan, remember in the documentary when RZA talked about almost going to prison for attempted murder? Yeah. Well, half of this song he talks about, you know, when he, when 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 he, when he shoots when 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 he shoots a guy. Now this is this is made up. He shows about how when you do something wrong, the universe can come back and bite you in the ass. And he makes up this story about his brother buying groceries for his mother and gets robbed and murdered by a stick-up kid and they're screaming, Rob, your brother just got shot. And the the emotion in his voice as he goes, memories of, a, of the days of go, days going by. If I, oh, he just kills it. I mean, this is RZA at his best. reason why it's my favorite song on this album. He shows incredible emotion as he's basically flowing with the song memories of how how come the good one how come it's always the good ones that have to die and i never got to say these three words and then you have that great sample after laughter comes tears and then ghostface talks about him and a, a friend of his that used to hang out and they used to and his friend Gets with this chick named Stephanie, and he tells the dude, look, Stephanie been through all of us. Stephanie slept with all of us. You need to wear a rubber. The dude goes up in her 
raw and doesn't get sick right away, but keeps fucking with Stephanie. Wait, you're talking about not, it's, it's Thelma, right? It Thelma? Thelma or Stephanie? Thelma. Yeah, Thelma. Thelma. And if, if Stephanie was the first chick. Thelma was the chick that eventually gave him the monster, gave his ghost face uh, friend the monster, and his friend dies of HIV AIDS. And, man, it's a cautionary tale. And I love Logan when MCs do this. Pac was a master that Nas rock him and now Ghostface and RZA. The Wu-Tang, they, it, on this album, they, they had such a broad, broad range of topics. Political, uh, a, a street. And here you have HIV and... Uh, a, a child getting murdered by a random uh, 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 stick-up with, with so much emotion, and they bring part of their real life into it. Ghostface talk about a friend of, of his who died of AIDS, and RZA talks about him getting away with shooting a dude, but then puts in the part about a fictional tale of his brother getting murdered to show that, yeah, he got away with murder, but karma is a motherfucker. Yeah, very spiritual, very spiritual stuff in the midst of this hood, hood narrative. There's a moral. Yes, it, 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 the, the moral of the story. Uh, that that has that has left us, man. That has left us. Um, I can't wait to do the Kanye West podcast next month, ladies and gentlemen, because when Kanye came into the game, you hear a huge RZA influence in in his production style and. You hear similar stories, you know, cautionary tales, social issues, the whole nine. Um, I'll get more into that when we talk about Kanye next month. But, I mean, Wu-Tang, it was just, they were different. They were different. I mean, it, it, was, just, it was just amazing how this, in my opinion, the greatest hip-hop group of all time, made these incredible songs and the lyrical songwriting of RZA. Jizza, Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface, all shine on this album. They all have a similar cadence, you know, like rhythm of their the way they rap. It's interesting. Uh, like they've they kind of learned. They taught each other, uh, you know, a style Pro- that's a Wu Tang. You know what? Style. It's that Wu Tang style, and also they they were always around each other while they were recording. A lot of these guys. Knew each other since they were children. Uh, uh, Rizza, Jizza, and um, Raekwon, as Raekwon mentioned in the book, met each other when they were in the second grade. All right? Uh, a Ghostface and Raekwon met in junior high school. They went to the same junior high school in Staten Island. A lot of these guys, other members of the Wu later on, uh, Capadonna, You God, Master Killer, they all knew Raekwon as a teenager. These are guys that grew up together. So yeah, of course they're they're going to have similar styles. Um, the two that stood out the most though was Method Man and No Dirty Bastard. They didn't have that Wu style. They had their own distinctive style, and we'll talk more about ODB later in the program because, in my opinion, and you saw the documentary, the documentary can attest to this. It confirms that the heart and soul of the Wu Tang Clan was Russell Jones, aka. Old dirty bastard because he was one of the greatest, if not greatest, hype man of all time, and he brought an energy that that group needed after he died 
the heart and soul of that group died. And to be honest with you, and you could tell when they would talk. Remember the documentary when they would talk about his death and how each member had to fight back the tears. Yeah, he was like he and, was and, what kept them positive. And and the guy who plays him in the series, T.J. Adams, he brings the that same spirit to the character, and you see it in the character. It's like whenever in real life, like on the show, they mentioned it. Whenever one was feeling down or they wanted to give up on a rap, on their rap career and do something or go back to the street, like all these like, you can't do that, man. The gods <laughs> won't allow it. <laughs> man, yeah, they were just, they, they were they had destiny. Yeah, yeah. He died. Wait, man, he's the same spot by man. He was thirty four, thirty five when he died. Died way too young, man. Way too, too young. All right, when he died, when did he die? He died in two thousand and four. Like, holy shit. Yeah, 2004, and that group was never the same after that. And, 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 how, and how did he die? It it was his. He had just gone out of prison, and uh, it was some type of seizure that he died off the top of my head. It was a seizure that might have led to a cardiac arrest that that caused his death. And what did he talk about it? A, a myriad of offenses. So after he became big in rap, he got Actually, back into crime he, life. He, he was he was more into crime. He he had a drug problem. He had a alcohol problem. He he reminded yeah. me of my father when it came came to all the shit he was doing. And it would while while everyone said he was a gentle soul when he was fucked up, it was that Jekyll and Hyde syndrome, sort of very similar to my father. Yeah. When he was fucked up, he was violent. He was confrontational. Um, he didn't pay child support. To a, um, rumor has it that he has anything be, anywhere from fifteen to twenty kids. Right? He had a lot of kids. Right? And he was behind on child support payments. So all that caught up to him, and he went to prison. But yeah, I mean, he was doing a whole. He he was still collecting welfare after the Wu Tang Clan went platinum. <laughs> what? And when they asked That's when MTV funny. asked him about it, he was like, nobody ever called me to close my case, so I just kept getting the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and he said he, something like, you you done yeah. owed me a 40 and a mule anyway. Yeah. yeah. He said that a... no, you owe me my 40 acres and a mule, so shit, I'm taking this. Oh, he, he was a character. <laughs> Everybody who ever talked about him said to know him was to love him. They every. And, and that was part of his charm. Why a, he wasn't an attractive dude, but he could pick up a woman in a heartbeat because he was so fucking charismatic. He'd go into a he store. He understood too. Yeah, he understood the history well, too. He's like, no, he was like, you know, I didn't ask to come here. I was fucking brung here talking about his ancestor. You know, like he's wait, wait, he hey, put it hey, in perspective. You know. You you will hear it in his rhymes because one of the songs we play, he goes, "The Indian soul man head to the white man." You hear it that he's a great line. Oh man, what was he, the, who was he, singing about who was who was singing about the shit about like the black man being like the 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 origin of man or the the original man? That whole like, that whole was, crew, the whole the whole crew uh, 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 followed that because they that's a, that's one of the teachings of the five percent nation. Okay, because so yeah, they would, and, and they, would all, like, they would all believe that. 
they would all believe that. Yeah. Yeah, it was empowering for them because, you know, it was like, yeah, we're actually the and and actually historically it is true because yeah. civilization mm-hmm. was you know mm-hmm. grew out of Africa, so the first yeah yeah people, no matter no matter first what humans European, were probably African and black. No matter probably no definitely no matter what European and American history are trying to teach you right, uh, and um, I wanted my lady to confirm this because I heard. I don't know if this was a myth or not. I don't know if you've ever been to the Vatican. But they used to tell me as a kid that Jesus Christ in the Vatican it was a it was a portrait of a black man or a darker skinned man or right? And so yeah, my lady yeah. went to the, my lady visited the Vatican 4 years ago cuz this was before COVID, 2018. And she uh she texted me on WhatsApp you know, we use WhatsApp when international countries, so we don't have to pay a fucking a surcharge on the cell phone. And she was like, oh, "Robert, it's not a myth." <laughs> uh-huh. So look, the Vatican knows the real truth, right? Right. <laughs> on to the next song, Pink Man. From the slums of Shaolin, Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. The Rizza, the Jizza, old dirty bass, an inspector's deck, they pour on the chef. You guard, ghost face killer, and the method.
song that convinced a whole bunch of record labels to uh, put in a bidding war to get Method Man to their label as a solo artist. RZA had a plan and it worked to fruition. He signed a deal with Steve Rifkin of Loud Records and Steve Rifkin only gave him anywhere from sixty to $75,000 to split among all eight members of the group. But Despite such a low advance, a low signing bonus, he gave them a artistic freedom, meaning he wasn't going to interfere in whatever they made. It was up to them. They had creative control, risen the crew, and each member could go ahead and negotiate their own record deal. Normally, Logan, back then, matter of fact, not normally, always back then, when a group was signed to a label, let's say EPMD. They were signed to a label. Or Run DMC was signed to a label. The record label automatically had their rights as solo artists. Public Enemy also. So if Chuck D and Flavor Flav were to make solo records, they had to record through Def Jam. They couldn't go to another record label. RZA negotiated and Steve Rifkin gave it to him because he wanted Wu-Tang badly because he saw the talent and that this was a revolutionary group, yeah, we'll let you uh, go ahead and have the right to negotiate your own deals each artist as long as you give us the opportunity to match that offer. That guaranteed each artist get the biggest deal because if if a deal was too large for Loud Records and Steve Rifkin to match, they'd go to that other record label. That was unprecedented. That never happened before. They were revolutionary in that. And Method Man had all these record labels 
vying for his services, Method Man went on to sign with Def Jam and was one of Def Jam's biggest artists from 1995 until he left the label, I think about a decade ago. But um, this was the song. This was the breakout song. He'd have his album to Cal come out of the following year, and he, he'd win a Grammy. I Need to Get By with Mary J. Blige, one of, one of the greatest hip-hop duet ballads of all time. Uh, that, that, that was just a massive hit, and which would win both Method Man and Mary their first Grammy. One of the greatest hip-hop ballads of all time, one of the greatest hip-hop duets of all time, an incredible song. Which was a remake, which was a hip hop remake of the Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell classic, You're All I Need to Get By. A tremendous. Marion Method had incredible chemistry on that, uh, on that record. And uh, Method Man went on to have an incredible solo career, a, a career that will be talked about um, later on in this series when we do Wu Tang, the solo artist. Uh, Logan is incredible. His breakout song was about his love of marijuana. <laughs> yeah. No, and this this kind of reminded me of um, fuck. What's the Cypress Hill? Oh yeah, what's the what's the name of that song? Oh fuck. Uh, Insane in the membrane. Was, oh yes, that that one of the great one of the great weed songs of all time. This is on that level and uh. Sort of like, you know, around this time, The Chronic was huge, right? The Chronic album. The Chronic album was about the love of of marijuana. Huge. So that was a theme in hip-hop at this time. And Method Man's Method Man song was on the same level as those songs. Yeah, it was. uh, And it was just this wordplay in this is incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's so unique, so different. One of the greatest flows in hip-hop history. We already mentioned You Can Make an Argument. It's the most distinct voice, distinctive voice in the history of hip-hop. When you hear him speak, you know it's him. Like right now, doing his acting on, on, on Power Ghost or whatever movie he's in. Um, he's done a lot of television the last decade. When he speaks, you know. You, if you're half asleep, you hear his voice, you know that's Method Man. He, he's he got a distinct voice. What's his voice? best role? So his best role that he's played. I, you know, I don't know if you, I've seen him in that many things. There was a show called The Breaks where he plays the father of a young man trying to become a record producer. He, he's tremendous in that. Doesn't have a huge role in it, but he's tremendous. He was tremendous on The Wire. Uh, he was tremendous oh, on The right, Wire. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, he was, uh, and if you ever saw the Deuce, I think he plays a pimp on the Deuce. I've never seen the Deuce. I have to get to see it. But the Deuce about 1970s Times Square. Uh, he's he's the one James of the James Franco Cap- show. Yes, that show, the James Franco show. Yes, the Deuce. Uh, he, he he was on that. So he's had a lot of TV and movie roles the last uh, decade, and currently. The best actor on uh, uh, Power Ghost, but that's like saying you're you 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 get high the 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 least in a in a in a drug house. <laughs> 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 that's how horrible the acting is on that show. But 
Yes, he's the standout actor on that horrific show. Uh, lady, uh, if anybody that knows anybody from that, if anybody knows 50 Cent, who's the executive producer of Power Ghost, uh, if you can adv- uh, advise him that the show would be so much better if they could somehow have frontal and back nudity of Mary J. Blige in at least one scene next season, um, that would be a huge improvement from the garbage state state. Let me tell you real quick. Let me tell you real quick how bad a storyline was. The the main storyline featured a guy who thought he was 19 but was 23 in real life. How the fuck do you think you're four years younger than what you really are? That's weird. (laughs) On to the next song. it's not the Go same ahead. writers of power? Um, no, Weird. no, 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 no. Uh a lot has changed in, in that in a lot of those writers went on to bigger and better things. No. It's the same characters minus Ghost, because they killed Ghost off. Ghost's son, who who can't who doesn't know how to wipe his ass right, is the main character in this god awful show. <laughs> Well, he doesn't have any charisma, but but I was so they don't oh, even bring playing. Ghost back. Compared, no, no, they don't even bring him back for flashbacks. Something happened between uh, Courtney Kemp and Fifty Cent, who are the executive producers. Courtney Kemp's leaving the show; she's no longer going to be associated with because she got an exclusive Netflix deal. But something happened between her and Omari Hardwick. I don't know what happened. They don't even show flashbacks of him. Even though the show's named after him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking they'd bring him back for, like, you know, introspective, you know, scenes where he, not even, you know, like, you know, he talked to somebody who's dead, like on Dexter, he talks to his dad. Well, you know, it's funny, it's funny, 50 Cent's character, Kanan, is the one that does that. <laughs> oh, he he's the... He's the dead guy that comes back to talk to Yeah, ghosts. he's the dead guy that comes back and talks to Ghost's son. Not his father, but the guy who tried to kidnap him and, and got him addicted to lean. It's just horrible story writing, man. It's just it's just pathetic. Uh, something happened because someone um, – Omari was on the Van Lathan podcast six, seven months ago, and Van Lathan asked him, will, you ever, will we ever see you on power? And he says, hey, if they call me, I'll, I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> well, he was Logan, really good in right. that Army of the Dead. Oh, he's great at everything he does. He could have one line, and he remember the movie he did with The Rock, when The Rock was that uh, football coach of a uh, of a prison team. Oh, oh I ain't seen that. Was, I didn't see that. Uh, you have to that, that that was easily The Rock's greatest movie. He was tremendous in that movie. Tremendous. Well, he had one scene in that movie that was tremendous. Tremendous. Just one scene. With him in a rock, and you 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 could feel the the you could uh, cut the tension in the air with a knife. But um, you're right. His he has incredible charisma. The guy who plays his son has no charisma. <laughs> Night and day. All right, enough ranting yeah. about that bullshit show. You, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see a show about a drug dealer with charisma and can act, watch Snowfall. All right, on to the next song. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Wow. 
Wake up, get a hold of your life, go get your cake up. The motto in the streets is you eat or you get ate up. Straight up. You tired of waiting, go get your weight up. My people's tired of waiting for reparations to pay up. Screaming, Jesus can save us. I, I get the Bentley if I save up. But that's just another trick to enslave us. Push the minimum wages. Put, put our fathers up in them cages. Then watch how our mothers struggle to raise us. But, but my ambition won't let me live in this poor condition. That doesn't care about color, creed, or your religion. Priests, politicians, gotta listen to opposition. From my position, we still ain't got a pot to piss in. From my position, we still ain't got a pot to piss in. A law that saves the day between the cold, poor wisdom in their cups to the truth overflows. Still, knowledge is that bread that keeps us well fed. Oh, time religion would not bring us satisfaction without action. Now, who can disagree with me? God is not a mystery. There's nowhere in history that you be so improved to me. But still, you face each and I head to me religiously. I'm G.O.D. to infinity. For real. The world won't get no better. If we just let it be. Na, 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 na. The world won't get no better. Unequality, martial law, segregation, falsehood, false teaching, false education. Now it's time for us to come amongst this nation. They deceiving us, they don't believe in us. They believe in that cream like Julius Caesar. I'm like Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X with the heel. Ripping the chains off the remains of all of the leaders. Never worship an image of evil swine eaters. I'm on the back of the bus with two fine feeders. We in the jungle of life, but never jungle fever. I'm God body all day long. Spiritual life lesson that I recite in the song. Trying to wake up everybody, can we all get along? All my people that's out there persevering through the storm. Black fish that now stand up, stand strong. Penetrate through the gate and bring the clan along. Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes 
Wake Up Everybody sample for this song. Spectacular. Logan, this is the growth of Wu-Tang. Now they become more political. And this is during the time, Logan, when they've been barred from Hot 97. So you don't hear this uplifting music. Instead, you hear the the crap that they're playing, the the the, the music of of the worst stereotypes, and not music like this that inspires. I mean, Raekwon, Method Man, they kill their lyrics with this with political statements. And what a better song to use, but a song that we talked about on our last podcast, "Wake Up Everybody" by Teddy Pendergrass. Talk about yeah. the production on this music. Unbelievable. Beautiful, man. And we should talk about exactly why they were so pissed off at Hot 97. Because yes. they were Go doing ahead. concerts and getting and getting tons of money. And they were who told were they basically with? Who that... Who were they touring with at the Who were they touring with at the time? Rage Against the Machine. Which was probably, you would know better than me. Um, in 1997, would you say top five, top three rock group in the in- and the lead singer is black. I mean, he's at least mixed. His father's African. Sure. His father's African. His father's African. His mother's white. Yeah. His fa- yeah, matter of fact, his, I mean, father was a, his father was an African diplomat, maybe even the leader of a country, if I'm not mistaken. Um, his father was a powerful man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, mostly white audience, but it introduced. Wu Tang to a whole new crowd, and they were doing really well, making money. But they were doing, they were doing an international tour, if I'm not mistaken, and they were in Japan at the time, playing and sold out not arenas, stadiums. Right, and and then they were forced to come back and do this thing for free, and they were told that like, weren't they told that they they wouldn't get any radio play if they didn't do it? Yeah. Yes, um, Hot 97 for years, and I've attended a few, the most famous one. Hot 97 for years have had a concert in late June called Summer Jam. The most famous one was in 2001 when Jay-Z unveiled the TakeOver diss song at Nas, brought Michael Jackson to the stage, also doing that um, performance. That was the most famous one. But for years, I think recently they started paying. Artists, but for years, you were told by the record company to go play for free, in order to ensure that your record continued or records continue to get played on the number one hip hop station in the country. So, uh, Hot ninety seven called Steve Rifkin. Steve Rifkin called RZA and said, "You know, they're not going to play our records if you don't fly from Tokyo and come do this show." So, it's not like they can go to Tokyo from New York and then back to Tokyo. They had to cancel the remainder of their tour in order to do this one concert. And Ghostface was pissed off, grabbed the mic and said, fuck Hot 97. And I loved it when I heard about it. Hot 97 took it He got the whole crowd to chant it. Yep. And Hot 97 was so pissed that they never again played a Wu-Tang song on their station. Um, 25 years later, they still... Don't play any classic Wu-Tang or whatever. I mean, they had to play Method Man because he was with Def Jam. They couldn't not play Method Man because Method Man was a Def Jam artist. But everybody else, Ghostface Killer, Raekwon, their solo songs, you never heard of, heard them again on Hot 97. Criminal. And, and 
I want to I want to reiterate what Ghostface Killer said 25 years ago. Fuck Hot 97, because all they do is profit on black people's misery. Fuck you. They had Angie Mar- fuck Angie Martinez. Angie Martinez had for ye- over a decade, maybe 15 to 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. Her producer was a guy named what was this bastard? This bitch? This fucking asshole's name um patty dukes she had a producer uh italian Amer- uh, italian american guy uh from um brooklyn called patty dukes who they didn't know they claimed they didn't know angie claimed she didn't know and the station didn't know that he was on parole for murder he was one of the murderers of yusuf hawkins uh where uh, okay. a, a gang of teenage italian americans uh, uh, brutally murdered him in the street. Right? He get, he he got a job at a black radio station after serving time for killing a black teenager in a racially profiled and motivated murder. Fuck them. Fuck them. You know how they found out? No. There was a documentary a couple years ago on HBO that, that pointed out that it was him. <laughs> so they claim that's how they found out. I don't believe that that's how they found out. Uh, even though Hot 97 is a, is caters to black youth, the black demographics, it's a white corporation that owns the station, and they play the same music in New York that they play in Detroit and Atlanta and so forth. So, yeah, the general manager and the, what do you call the, the program director are usually people of color, usually black or, or, or Puerto Rican. Um, how could you not know this was one of the murderers? I, I don't know. I don't know how this guy had a job for 15 to 20 years uh, without having been revealed as being a murderer. One of the most infamous Racial murders in the history of New York City. No, no, you you don't give that guy a job, right? That dude should be a janitor in the basement of a, a of a manure cleaning company, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. So that that um, hurt their career. It, that it hurt it, their it hurt their, rec- it hurt their records. It hurt their record sales. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It hurt their record sales because and maybe led, getting, led to the breakup of the group. No, not necessarily. The breakup of the group happened, and they talked about it in a documentary. It was egos. All these guys had their own egos, and they wanted all the Ghost Faces and the Method Mans and uh, Raekwon, especially Raekwon, talks about in his book. They wanted creative control of their own career, and I understand that. You've made hit after hit. They no longer wanted RZA and RZA's brother, Divine, to be in control of their career. They wanted to have complete control of their career, and I understand that. I understand that. You grow as an artist, you want to do your own thing. RZA didn't want to let go because this was a family he bought, I mean, that he brought together, and he had made so many hits with these guys. He didn't want to let go. I understand. It's like it's like a father who but raised also, his yeah, son. He... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that he also was very loyal to them in terms of if people wanted to just 
record with him alone or something like that. He'd be like, no, you got to take all these motherfuckers with me, you know. So if it wasn't for level, RZA, these yeah, if it wasn't for RZA, these guys wouldn't have got the deals they got. But still, I understand both sides. I understand where RZA's coming right. from because he he did everything he could to make all these guys stars. But I understand Raekwon and the rest of the groups uh, wanting to leave the nest. I compare it to a father who raised chi- raised these children and. Now the children want to go on their own, and the father, oh, but this is a, this is a family-owned business. I don't want you to leave. They're like, no, Pop, I, it's time for me to start on my own. So that's where I compare it to. Uh, these, they're still brothers today, as, as you saw in the documentary. Uh, they still have a relationship. They just, business-wise, they don't do business anymore. And as far as recording, they've only done a few albums since 2004. I mean... Few and far between, and I don't know if, and especially after ODB died. When ODB died in 2004, that was basically the end of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, you know, I would have thought that they would have, like, come out with a new generation of Wu-Tang, you know, or something like that, but but that didn't happen. (laughs) No, no, no. They did, they did, uh, they did do a 25th anniversary of the 36 Chambers four years ago, and um, they did an appearance on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and they killed it. And they had ODB's son, who looks just like him, perform in the ODB role, and they tore up the stage. And I was like, man, if this if this is a tour, blah blah blah. I don't know if they ever had a real tour, but if they ever do come together, that tour would make huge money. Because their fans of that generation pay big money to see concerts, and they would pay to see the Wu-Tang. So I'm hoping one day they all can come together. Right now, the Jizza, Ghostface, and Raekwon are touring the country as a three-man Wu-Tang act. Um, they, oh, okay. And, and, uh, yeah, so uh, you, you know, like I said, most of the guys are, are still tight. They just all can't get together for... To do another album, uh, there was also controversy. You saw it in the in the documentary about RZA making this album. That one guy who wound up in prison went and bit outbid everybody else for it. It was like a couple, three, four million dollars for a fucking album. Remember that part? I was like, what a fucking yeah. weirdo! <laughs> it was like a, it was like an album that no one had access to, and he bought Only it. Only he had access to it, right? That's why yeah. he sold it. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They sold like the exclusive, but then like he, I think guess he just he sat on it like an investment, and eventually they he, I think he had to give it back to them. And um, and he went to prison for some. Uh, he did a lot of shady yeah, shit. Price right? like, that's like price gouging. Yeah, yeah, medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prescription medicine. Yeah, this. And he also he also claimed he had to cure the AIDS and all. He was just a fucked up motherfucker, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like his name is Sarecki, I think. Some, yeah, Sarecki. yeah, yeah, yeah. That motherfucker. Yeah, and yeah, oh, he's like every, the most hated man in America. Oh, the, the woo, the woo, the woo hates him with a passion. Oh, and it's a Ghostface and Raekwon talked about it. It was like, yeah, uh, he bought garbage because we all shitted on our lyrics in that album. <laughs> is that right? Yes. Like they purposely did a bad job. Uh, Because they weren't feeling that concept. 
they they're going to record music for people that are never going to hear it. You know, they wasn't feeling it. And look, uh, Logan, you're an artist. If you're not hungry and motivated, are you going to put out your best work? Hell no. Hell and there you no. go. And that's that's how they. That's how Ghostface Terry Kwan were laughing about. It. I was like, man, we man, we went in the studio and we didn't even write the shit. We just said it off the top of our head. It was the worst shit we ever did. Put it on the album, and this clown went and bought it for three, four million dollars. <laughs> yeah, just money to burn. I think they had to. That's right. They had to sell it to liquidate his assets to pay some fines and shit. Yeah, because he, he was lost. he was a he was a fraud. He was with the with right. the prescription, like the price gouging on the prescription. He he went. I, was it that he got uh a pat a pat uh. You say a patent? How do you say uh? When you, yeah, he when bought you, the, when you, he bought a patent. He bought right, a patent about, on a drug, and then well, doubled like or quadrupled the price. And also, he also had a patent on allegedly a cure for AIDS that turned out to be a fraud. This dude, this yeah, dude's yeah, the biggest well. piece of shit. <laughs> but nevertheless, this isn't a, a better tomorrow. Oh, an incredible song. Logan, you might have skipped a couple of songs. What's next on your list? Don't kill me, your brother. Hey, yo, what up? Learn to oh, love yeah, each other. Straight up. For real. Don't real. get mad. Baby, you heard? Cause it ain't mad. Mad soul. You know, it's like it's real out there right about now. You know? It's like you never know you might get picked you off. You've so far. You know, it's like I'm just trying to It's in your off. head. Don't know, you heard? Yeah. Heard. Straight up, yo, God. Get the jelly out your spine. Yo. Cobweb. Hey, yo, your technique is ill, son. Watch how I spill one. Pizza, Biggie, Tupac, Big L and Big Pun. Havoc on the streets of stacks. Snitches. Houses. Children watching. They produce the same pattern. Somebody raped our women. Murdered our babies. Hit us with the cracks and guns in the early 80s. For those that murdered me, just stand before God. If fall at the hands of faith, then out comes the rod. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. What the f is going on? I can't go to sleep. Feds jumping out their jeeps, I can't go to sleep. Babies with flies on their cheeks, it's hard to go to sleep. It's both two pictures, wife, I couldn't go to sleep. Ayo, we deep in the stairs, we carry Hit up with the big boom boom. That's bad to keep a spot. That's the league spot. So bad that to get you took a deep shot. Now I know it's with me. Look at your feet jump. You thought we fell in our face. You think the beat stop? Call on the terrorists. Call on the ambulance. You better smile, man. You want candy cam? Game the brawl. These beats the laws. Walk with big balls. Did you that I did take was with yours? I'm a that made you, man. When your rap wasn't doing well, I'm a that gave you a hand. Don't get mad. It's in your head 
Kelly, I just find. Yo, Hardware, yo, 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 I can't go to sleep. I can't shut my eyes. They shot the father in the plaza building seven times. They shot Malcolm in the chest, one of his little seeds. Jesse watched, and they shot King on the balcony. Exported markets, God because he tried to spark us. With the knowledge of ourselves and our forefathers. Old Jacqueline, she heard the rifle shots crackling. Her husband head in the hand, she tried to put it back in. America's watching, plus they ain't blocking. Mega took one to the soul for integrating college. With the science, somebody did the trick knowledge. They try to keep us as slaves and still take our dollars. Walking through Park Hill, Gypsy, as a buck looking around like deep. I'ma break this world down They got me trapped up in this metal gate Just stretched out with hate And it gives me no chance to relax Use my mind and meditate What should I do? Grab a blunt or a broom Or grab a tool to it When out there put this violence in you I can't go to sleep I can't shut them, son I might just wet them, son My hoe is in your head Another great social conscious song by the Wu-Tang, Ghostface and RZA, emotional in their verses, in their deliveries. Um, RZA giving an African-American history course on racial violence against them and even bringing up JFK, Jacqueline Kennedy, trying to put his head back in after, you know, her husband was murdered in front of her, uh, talking about Marcus Garvey, uh, talking about, and they brought the situation up in the Wu-Tang documentary about that young man that was murdered in front of the building. And they talk about uh, an un, un, uh, unjustifiable homicide by the police. He brings that up in this song. Uh, he, he brings up Medgar Evers. Uh, just incredible. And then um, Ghostface, talks about uh, shout-outs to Big Pun, Big L, Tupac, and Biggie, and how uh, they put crack and guns in, in, in our communities, and they try to murder our babies. Oh, man. this The way that they have morphed from this group of street kids that went and got a deal in the early 20s to these uh, well-versed well-read and social conscious rappers by this point of their career is incredible. And you know what? If you didn't buy the albums, if you didn't buy Wu-Tang Forever and the W, you never heard this music. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Logan, the legendary Isaac Hayes. RZA uses a sample from the remake of he did a walk on by. He uses that sample, but then Isaac Hayes goes ahead and writes new lyrics to sing on this song. Don't kill your brother. Learn to love one another. Time to take the jelly out your spine. <laughs> Roughly, like, what is he talking about here? Ghostface starts off, you know, shout out to Big Epoch, Big L, and Big Pun, because they were all young MCs that were murdered early in their career. 
Then he talks about, you know, the government flooding crack and cocaine and guns in, in the neighborhoods. And they try to murder our babies. He's talking about the violence against black people for 400 years. And then he talks about a, a friend of his that turned on him. And he was like, I, I was there for you when you had no money, son. And, and, and how this dude broke his heart. Then Isaac Hayes comes in and he's singing, don't kill your brother. Learn to love each other. And then RZA comes off and his part is even greater than just a Ghostface Killer's part. RZA talks about uh, the assassinations of Malcolm X, how he was killed in front of his wife and children, uh, the, uh, the, the, the deportation of Marcus Garvey, uh, the assassination of, of, of Martin Luther King. Um, and uh, the assassination of a young man murdered by the police in, in Staten Island outside, I believe it was the Park Hill Projects. It was either Park Hill or Stapleton. They mentioned it on the documentary, the, the of Mike Mike's and Men documentary. Um, JFK's assassination, and he talks about how Jacqueline tried to put 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 his head back in, even though it was blown off. And um, the, and um, Medgar Evers and how he was murdered, the assassination of Medgar Evers. And he talks about how he's sick. He can't go to sleep because uh, RZA can't go to sleep because of the crimes committed against his people throughout the years. And he wants to pick up a gun. And I want to bring this violence to you. He just It's very Malcolm X-like uh, 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 speech he does at the end. It's an incredible song. Um, would be... Probably my second favorite, well, yes, it is my second favorite Wu-Tang song of all time. My favorite song, Reunite. Yo, the Riddler, 
won't check a lot, we collect a lot. Bigger things, sex enigma, pistol, protolog, your stigma, stink box. Order from pink dot. Your seeds get stuck on ink block. Air stop plugs in the sink box. Who take it cross? Take your brain on space swap. Talk strange like we York. Great heroes jumped off. How can I put it? Life is like video footage. Hard to edit. Directors, they never understood it. Too impulsive. My deadly corrosive doses. Attack when you least notice. Stories closer, closer. I don't play. We rap suit, play saute for the day. Rule a zigzag, zig A. Leg, leg, arm, head. Spread like plague. We drink Hennessy by the check. I got the golden egg. Plus the Goose, 80 proof, absolute, mix with cranberry fruit juice, dancing boots, I got your neck in the noose, keep my money wrinkled, the rap star twinkle, killer instinct, 16 ball Nico, sell more copies than Chico, grow like a fetus, with no hands and feet to complete us, and we return like Jesus, with the whole world need us. Is it appetite for destruction, slap a murder rap on this production, I touch something, trust nothing, iron lung, twisted metal, I see him ducking, my dark gun, busting from every angle, worldwide total carnage, the sickest Slow. That be cold, name Agent Orange, killing you slow. It's only right you pay homage to those that's about to blow like that shit up your nose. Solid, ever rock when I strike talking. Herbal, be screaming on you like a drill sergeant. Herbal, got me where I wanna be right now. Don't know the time, check the hour on your sundown. Watch me shine, jump off a cheap wine. Each line be on point when I speak mine. On behalf of my crew, into the world 36, more deadly chambers. Metaphorical parallels to fertilize the earth. ODB 
was just phenomenal. I speak. I smoked the beat of the skunk tree top of the trunk. Moonshine, drunken monk, your head gets shrunk. He just kills it up. He goes, pit stop. My mama served free lunch from the church. I come like a dozen thousand doves. <laughs> Bitch, you quiet at the bus. Make no fuss. I got self-love. When you hear ODB, for years, so-called hip-hop experts and critics claimed ODB was a gimmick. He was just a hype man. No. You, when you hear Reunited, you hear the passion in his music. No, he doesn't have the greatest flow. No, he's not a lyrical beast like a Rakim or a Raekwon. But his heart he's not, in the soul. He's not Flavor Flav. No, no. Flavor Flav, does, it's funny you brought up Flavor Flav. They, uh, years later, Flavor Flav found out after ODB died that they're actual cousins. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, ODB really never had a relationship with his father, and they found out they're cousins on ODB's father's side. ODB is cousins to Jizza and DeRizza on his mother's side, cousin to Flavor Flav. And, and that's, you know, ironic that you can make an argument that the two greatest hype men of all time, ODB and Flavor Flav, they're cousins. So you can make an argument that they're the two greatest and they were actually cousins. Uh, Flavor Flav found out years after ODB died. ODB didn't know while he was alive that he was cousins with Flavor Flav. But he proved on this record that he's more than a hype man with his passion. And you're right, Logan. Flavor, he's no Flavor Flav because Flavor Flav was all hype. Flavor Flav didn't bring any real uh, lyricism. That was all Chuck D, public enemies. Chuck D... And Flavor Flav was like the the Chuck D was a straight man to the, the Flavor Flav being the hype man. Yeah, and he was, and then he was more I, like a manager, like a shoot, like a like an on screen manager, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. like like one, a wrestling manager. <laughs> yeah, like the, he like he was like the the Jimmy Hart uh, of the Public Enemy. When you hear Method Man finishes off the song. Uh, is it appetite for destruction? Slap a murder rap on this production, man. Reunited is a perfect hip-hop song. I played it back when this album came out in 97. I still play it 25 years later. It's a perfect song. The hook, the production, and all the MCs on this song tear their lyrics up. And... While Method Man technically has the best verse on this song, ODB has the most passion. You feel it the most because you hear it coming out of his gut. God damn, ODB was a force. And like I said earlier, he died way too young. Rest in peace to the great ODB. What y'all thought y'all wasn't going to see me? I'm the Osiris of this shit. Wu-Tang is here forever, motherfuckers. This left this 97. I ain't my niggas and my niggerettes. Let's do it like this. I'ma rub your ass in the moonshine. Let's take it back to 79. I form atomically. Socrates, philosophies, and hypotheses. Can't define how I be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform armed robbery. Flee with the lottery. Possibly they spotted me. Battle scarred showgun. Explosion when my pen hits. Tremendous. Ultraviolet shine blind forensic. I inspect you through the future. See millennium. 
my testament to those burn. Play my position in the game of life, standing firm. On foreign land, jump the gun out the frying pan. Into the fire, transform into the ghost rider. A six-pack and a street car named Desire. Who got my back in the line of fire, holding back? What? My peoples, if you with me, where the fuck you at? Niggas is strapped and they trying to twist my beer cap. It's called a journ for the bad seed from bad sperm. Herb got my wig fried like a bad perm. What the blood? Clot? We smoke pot and blow spots. You want to think twice? I think not. The iron lung ain't got to tell you where it's coming from. Guns are never own, Tearing up your battle zone. Rip through your slums. I twist thoughts from the heart. Try to improve. Loop my voice on the LP. Martini on the slang rock. Certified chatterbox. Vocabulary dawn and talking. Tell your story walking. Take cover, kid. What? Run for your brother, kid. Run for your team. And your six can't rhyme groupies. So I can squeeze with the advantage and get wasted. My deadly notes reign supreme. You're for this basic compared to mine. Domino effect, arts and crash. Paragraphs contain cyanide. Take a free ride on my thought. I got the fashion. Catalog for all y'all to all praise through the guard. The saga continues. Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. Olympic torch flaming. They burn so sweet. The thrill of victory. The agony defeat. We crush slow. Flaming deluxe slow. Poor. Judgment day cometh. Conquer. It's war. Allow us to escape hell. Glow spinning bomb. Pocket full of cells out the sky. Golden arms. Tune spit the shitty mortal combat sound. The fake ball step makes the blood stain the ground. A jungle junkie. Vigilante tantrum. A death kiss. Catwalk. Squeeze another anthem. Hold it for ransom. Trick while eyes with anesthesia. My orchestra. Graceful. Music ballerinas. My music Sicily. Rich California smell. An axe kill adventure. Paint a picture well. I sing a song from Sing Sing. Sipping on ginseng. Righteous wax. Zapperone. Rotating ring. Marsh on a wooden soldier. See cypher punks couldn't hold us. A thousand men rushing in. Not one nigga was sober. Perpendicular to the square. We stand gold like flare. Escape from your dragon's lair. In particular, my beast travel like a vortex. Through your spine to the top of your cerebral cortex. Make you feel like you busting up from raw sex. Enter through your right ventricle. Clog up your bloodstream. Our terminal like Grand Central Station. Program fat baselines on ovation. Getting drunk like a fuck. I'm ducking five year probation. War of the masses. The outcome disastrous. Many of the victim families save the ashes. A million names on walls and graves and plaques. Those who went back receive penalties for the acts. Another heart is torn as close ones born. Those straight niggas get slayed on the song. The track renders helpless and suffers from multiple stab wounds and leak sounds. That's heard. 93 million miles away from K1 to represent the nation. This is a gathering of the masses that come to pay respects to the Wu-Tang Clan. As we engage in battle, the crowd now screams in rage. The hot chief Jamel Ari takes the stage. Light is provided through sparks of energy from the mind that travels in rhyme form. Giving sight to the blind, the dumb are mostly intrigued by the drum. Death only one can save self from. This relentless attack of the track spares none. Yo, 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 fuck that. Look at all these crab niggas laid back. Lamping lights in gray and black. Boom is on my man's rack. Codeine was forcing your drink. You had a navy green. Solomon the fiend. Bitches overheard you scream. You two faces, some of the slump. I got your whole body numb. Blowing like Shalimar in 81 sound. Convincing. Thousand dollar cork pop convincing. Hands like Sonny Liston. Get block permission. Hold the fuck up. I'll fasten your wig. Bad luck. I'll humiliate. Separate the English from the Dutch. It's me. Black noble Duali. Came with threes. We like to Make my man chow walk, swift notarizer, blue tank, all up in the high rise. 
similar to protect your neck. Triumph came on the Wu-Tang Forever album, their second album, and very similar because the the artist is a, is a showcase for all the MCs of the group. One of the few songs where all the MCs got a verse. If you notice, know Logan, in the music, most of the music, other than Protect Your Neck and Triumph, all the other songs we play, it's maybe three or four at the most members of the group rhyming. Here it's the whole group, and each of them shine. Um, ODB doesn't rhyme on Triumph. He starts off, I'm the Osiris of this motherfucker. And, you know, he, he, he throws that passion out, and he gets you hyped up like a hype man's supposed to do for the rest of the song. You know, Inspector Deck, RZA, Jizza, they all kill their verses on this song, A Triumph, just a, a, a tre- tremendous song. And when it comes to all the songs that we play today in the history of the Wu-Tang, Triumph is either my fifth or sixth. Real quick, I'll run down what my favorite Wu-Tang songs of all time are. Number one, Reunited. Love fucking Reunited. Number two, Tears. There's a pattern here. I love Logan when they talk about social issues and when they talk about real-life autobiographical situations in their life because you hear the passion come out in their voices. And you, Next month when we do Kanye, uh... A, 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 a music tribute His first two albums were full Of autobiographical songs That was Kanye at his absolute best When you hear that You're like god damn it's a, Oh my god Kanye god, Whenever an artist And I'm going to keep saying this And Logan I wish more artists would do this Sing about your life Rap about your life Don't rap about the shit That the record companies and the radio stations want so they can sell records or get ratings on the radio. Ah, that that's bullshit. Rhyme, sing about the shit you went through in real life. Kanye at his best was when he sung about the trials and tribulations of a young man growing up in Chicago. The Wu Tang Clan, all of the Method Man, Ghostface, Raekwon, RZA, Jizza, Inspector Deck, the whole crew. When they talked about their real life, they shine more because you hear the passion in their voice. The last song we're going to play, um, before we leave, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my brother Logan for once again doing an incredible job of, of, of editing this show. In two weeks, we will be doing our first part of the incredible career of Stevie Wonder. We'll be looking at his career from 1968 to 19. 19- 75 and then next month we will be doing the very uh april april fool's day uh we will be putting out part one of kanye west's iconic and often controversial career uh it wasn't easy for him at the beginning we'll talk all about it and ladies and gentlemen if you haven't seen it see it by the time our podcast comes out on april 1st All three parts of Kanye's Netflix documentary will have aired. It's must-see TV because you see a young, talented man getting shitted on because he didn't sound or try to sound like the rappers that were being played on the radio. He wasn't being phony enough for them. 
right? He wasn't, and he talks about it. I'm not talking about Coke and Bert. No, he wasn't doing that. He was being true to his, to his nature. The documentary shows the struggles he had to try to get a record deal, even though Logan, he was producing but everybody on Rockefeller Records, their biggest songs, Jay-Z, uh, Freeway, Beanie Siegel, Cameron, the entire group, the entire roster on Rockefeller Records, biggest songs at that time were produced by Kanye West, but they wouldn't give Kanye West the time of day to, to hear him rhyme and give him a record deal. Uh, Kanye had to practically force them to give a record deal. And you know what happened? Kanye became bigger than all of them, including Jay-Z, because Jay-Z retired for a brief time. I'll save the rest of the story for Kanye West documentary next month, but this was the uh, Kanye before uh, all the controversy that's happened in the last 10 years. And before he went the last nuts. Year. Yeah, uh, this is Kanye when Kanye was Kanye, the Kanye we will always remember and, and just uh, worship. Um, whatever he's going through now, I hope he gets the help he needs. All right, big he man. Um, any final words? Any final words before we get out of here? No, I mean, I just love Wu-Tang just for being like the X-Men of hip-hop. Uh, just oh, like, wow. That's uh, great. You know, damn. <laughs> the like, X-Men of yeah, hip-hop. You can't. Oh, what a comparison. That's how I always looked at them, and uh, well, they Rizzo just had, would be you know, they, Rizzo would be uh, what's my man? The, it, yes, Rizzo is Professor X. Me, what Method Man would be uh, what's my man with the claw? Uh, God damn, Logan. Oh, His real name was Logan. Wolverine, yeah, Wolverine would be would be would be Method Man, and uh, Gambit would be Ghostface Killer. Man, we go on all day with these with these analogies. <laughs> wow. Wu-Tang is for the children. Wu-Tang are the X-Men. Man, I was calling them the New York Yankees, L.A. Lakers of hip-hop. No, scratch that. Logan hit the fucking proverbial nail on the head. Continue with your X-Men analogy. <laughs> well, there's nothing else to say, but I think they they just had that because they're like this big group and they all had special powers, you know, and they but they all complemented each other. And, um, you know, if you put them all on the stage, like, they'll blow, you wouldn't want to follow them, let's put it that way, uh, because they fucking tear, tear down the house. And you saw with those crowds how they reacted to them in the documentary, which is on uh, on basically every platform. I think it's a Showtime documentary. But it's, it's a Showtime three part, documentary. Four part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. four-part documentary. Uh, kudos to Showtime because other than Netflix, no one else compares to them. When it comes to documentaries on musicians, musical acts, I mean, you, you the last two the last two podcasts we did, we looked at the Teddy Pendergrass podcast and the Wu Tang podcast, and both are A plus 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 plus. You can't get any better on a scale of one to ten. They're both twenty five. Just tremendous, tremendous shit. And um, Logan, if you haven't had a chance, I, I don't I don't think you've seen it yet. You and your wife need to see that Kanye documentary. You got plenty of time because we're not doing that show for another 30 days. But, I mean, definitely see it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're signing off. We'll finish off with Gravel Pit. Talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
One, two, one, two. So check this out. It's a jump off right now. I want everybody to put your rope down. Put your guns down. And report to the pit. Just grab who pit. Leave your problems at home. Leave your children at home. Before taking back underground. I be Bobby Bowden. Who can't plan on your mind one time. It's a jump off. So just jump off. Let's go. Holla horse from the land of the lost. Behold the pale horse, or course. Follow me, Wu Tang gotta be. The best thing to start can park wallabies. African killer bees, black watch. On your radio, blowing out your watch. From Park Hill, the house of Hornet Hill. Every time you walk by, your back get a chill. Let's build, we want to talk about skill. I spit like a semi automatic to the grill. Elbow grease and elbow room. Baby, play me, baby, fall down, go boom. Party people gather round, count down to a pot clip. I'm the kid with the golden arm. And I'm the hot neck. That's the blunt. My don't front. You had it for a minute, but it seemed like a month. Now I'm choking, smoking, hoping I don't croaking from overdosing. Dosing. Hey, kid. When the left got you open. Hope, let's ride. Can't stand it. That thought too much. Can't stand Bentley. They cost too much. Can't want to get up. They can't get touched. Can't want to stick up. They can't get stuck. I'm the one that calls you bluff when your boy try to act tough. Remember what old Dirty said. I'll... I hear the hot back, back and forth. Check out my grass. 